along, I want to talk to you about something that is going to surprise you a bit because I changed the sermon. And it's going to be still cutting a new path. I'm still going to talk about investing in the wind and how important it is to build the habit of investing. I'm going to talk about how you must invest in your life if you want certain things to happen in your life. But I had an experience that gave me another title. So I'm going to say all the titles I want to say today. I had a conversation to some cousins, and these cousins called me, and they're all excited, and they want to come here and visit, and they had all these plans, and so they, they called me, and we were on three-way the other night. Uh, one lives in Pennsylvania, and one lives in, in Compton, California. That's right, Compton. And she don't like you having an attitude when you talk about Compton. <laughs> She said, Compton, not that bad. That's what she said. <laughs> so, so she, you know, she's serious now. She, she get on you about that. She's big on Compton. And so she's talking, and she, I mean, they're excited now. They're they excited. Rick, we coming. We coming. All when they get what, what date they getting. A, so we're on the phone having this conversation. And so they've known me since I was little, you know. And so they, they don't say, they see me as Ricky. Ricky. They know that, you know, you know your cousins talk to you. And so she, uh, we were talking, and, and all of a sudden, one of them said, you know, I, Rick, I never heard how you came to Christ. That's off the subject, but just threw, just threw that in there. And so I said, well, I said, well, you know, I, I told the other cousin. I just hadn't told Gwen. You know, Gwen, I hadn't told Gwen. Uh, cousin Jackie knew, but Gwen didn't know. So, so, so Jack, Gwen said, well, tell me. Because Jackie know, I don't know, tell me. So I said, well, okay, I'll tell you. Now, I'm going to give an abbreviated version. Let's see, how many of you have, have heard me give my testimony about how I came to Jesus? Raise your hand. Okay, hands down. Now, how many of you have not heard the story about how I came to Christ? Raise your hand. Okay, well, ask somebody who raised their hand, okay? And, and then we won't have to go through all that. But uh, <laughs> so he said, that's tacky, right? That's tacky. <laughs> Shouldn't have set him up like that. Okay, here you go. The abbreviated version. Ready? Abbreviated version. So I, I was, um, and I'm going to tell the whole truth, nothing but truth. So help me God. I'm going to tell it like it is because sometimes I want to edit it. Because, you know, I don't want to tell, <laughs> you, know, you know how you want to tell part of it. You don't want to say all that. You know what I'm saying? This was, was what happened. So a friend of mine called me one time. It's true. He called me. I was a teenager. about 14 years old. He called me. He said, hey, look, man, I got some girls over at the house. Why don't you come on by? So I told you I'm going to tell the whole truth. Number two. See, I might, might need to edit it, right? I don't know. We'll see. So I go over to the house, and I'm sitting there. And I hadn't seen, I had never met these girls in my life, never seen them a day in my life. But they, I don't know. So, so five minutes, we kissing. Five minutes. Wasn't long. Real fast. Fast. Five minutes. I know. It's sad. It's a sad story. And I just felt awful. I felt awful. I felt awful. I just felt like this is wrong. I don't, I don't know this. Who is this girl? I don't, know, I don't know her name today. I don't know her name. I, I see her face. I don't know her name. Yeah, I know I'm married now, but I still remember her face a little bit. And I, and I, I, I said, you know, excuse me. I, I got to leave. I, I got to go. I'll be right back. I remember saying, I'll be right back. And he looked at me like, you lost your mind. Where, where, where are you, you leaving? Where are you going? I said, I'm, I'll be back. And I, and I got up and I walked out. And I went in on Western. And, and 27, somewhere up in there, and, and, and about, I, I think it's 27th Street. But anyway, I was sitting, uh, and I went and sat down. And, I, and God had been dealing with me anyway, you know. There had been this, this wind blowing of the Holy Spirit in my life, just some kind of surge, or, or like, a, like a rising tide. And I, you know, I, and I wasn't a church person because I didn't go to church, so, so I you know, only knew a couple of gospel songs, you know, Amazing Grace, whatever. I didn't know what, 
what wretch meant. Well, I sang it anyway. I sang a couple of bars. I, you know how you're just reaching for God, you're feeling God, and you don't know what you're feeling? And that's what I, where I was. And I, I didn't, we, we had a Bible in the house, but we never read it. it was, you know, anybody know about that big Bible you put in the house? You don't touch it. You just walk by and wave at it. Hey, hey. So, so, so oh, don't read it. Don't read it. I don't know what's in there. You know, Sunday school, I knew, I knew, I knew a couple of lessons. I knew um, Mary and Joseph and, you know, a couple of those stories. But I didn't know much about the Bible at all. And my mom, we prayed. Now, we faithful. We prayed every night. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. I prayed the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, that's a horrible prayer. Every night we prayed. But we, that's the best we had. God honored it. Say amen. That's good. So anyway, back to the, to the, so I leave the house. I go sit on the porch. And I'm sitting out there, and, 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 this, and, and this thing is bothering me, this, this something. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I, so I pray when I feel it. Lord, uh, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm feeling. So I sit down on the church stoop, and I start crying. I start crying. I'm crying. I'm Western Avenue, big street, busy street. And the teenage boy sitting out there, wiping my eyes. What is wrong with me? You know, I'm pretty normal, um, together kid. Think I'm pretty cool, you know. And, um, uh, but then I look behind me, and I'm sitting on the church stoop. And the door's open. This, this pressure comes, go inside. For what? Well, I go inside. And, you know, and I'm fast-forwarding through the story. And I go inside, and I sit down, and I, and I, and I sit down on this wooden bench. And, then, and this little boy is looking at me, and, I'm, I, and the woman stands up, and it's three of them. You know, it's only five people in the whole place. And, and so little church, and she says, don't play with God. That's all she says. She had white on. And I thought, oh, I start crying again. So I said, I get, I'm getting out of here. I'm going crazy. I walked out the back door of the church. When I walked out the back door of the church, they said, can we pray for you? And so I'm telling my cousin the story, and I told them, no. I did. I said, no, thank you. And I walked out, and then that same wind, pressure, pushed me, the Holy Spirit, pushed me back in. And I never had anybody pray for me. My mother prayed with me. On the, you get on the side, you know, and you pray, but never laid your hands on me. I was new for me. You know, come to the altar. I've never been to any altar anywhere. The only time I've been near the altar was when in Sunday school when I went three times a year. And, you know, I used to go to Sunday school late, so I wouldn't have to go long because I know what they were talking about. And I, I would, <laughs> my mother would send me to church, and I would go to Kenny's house and wait there with him because his church started at 1045. So I'd go there, and I'd wait around. And then when he left, I said, no, I ain't going with y'all. I go to my church. And anyway, I was anyway skipping church. So I, and they'd have you stand up there and give that speech. What would you learn about Jesus? Remember that? That's the only time I've been to the altar. And so I, I stood, you know, and then I would say the same thing all three times I went to church a year. Jesus, what'd you learn? I learned about Jesus. That's it. And I'm getting out of here in a few minutes. I'm not coming back for another three months. It was just that. So I had, I had no, no experience. So when I walked to that altar, that was the first time I walked to the altar and somebody laid their hands on me. And here's what they prayed. And I've said this before. They prayed these prayers. I know what they meant. Here's what they, I remember what they said, though. Lord, save him. And use him for your glory. That's what they pray. So I told my cousin this, and I'm telling you, they were, she was, she was ecstatic. Man, that's a great story. Wow. And I told her, you know, that's when I really started my walk, and I didn't know, I, it took me a year, to, a year to figure it out, you know, but I finally found out what I prayed and, you know, went to church and put it all together. And so she was really touched by the story, and then she told me her story. Yes, she did. Her story went like this. See, she was a Muslim. And I, as I, when I grew up as a kid, and I, I mean, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that's who they, and if that bothered you, I said that, but that's, that's how you say it, so just deal with it. So we were, you know, you show respect, so that's, who, that's where we went. And uh, I didn't go there. I didn't go to church. I didn't go anywhere, but she went there. And so she said that she was on the job, and this, this 
of all things, this white girl came up to her and said, thank you. And she bought her a gift, a Bible. It was a nice cloth cover. And she said, it was a beautiful Bible. And she said, I want to thank you for winning me to Jesus. And my cousin looked at her like she lost her mind. She said, that girl told me I won her to Jesus. And she said, my life had touched her soul. That it just inspired her to give her life to Jesus. And she looked at it and said, now, girl, I'm a Muslim. I didn't win you to know Jesus. How did I win you to Jesus? I'm a Muslim. I didn't win you to Jesus. But now, now, watch this. Now, watch this. She said, I did not understand what she was talking about. Rick, I still don't quite get how a year later I did come to Jesus. But I don't know how she could say I won her to Jesus. And all of a sudden, in that moment, I see, this is where the Word of God comes alive in you. When you know the Bible, see, my mind starts clicking, click, 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 click. How could that be so? The girl got saved, yeah, okay. She got saved a year later at the Salvation Army, by the way. And so, how did this happen? And I said, you know, I bet you Romans chapter 2, verse 14 fits in this. Now, I'm not going to read that to you. I'm going to summarize it real quick. That's why I love knowing the Bible. It's amazing. God can talk to you when you know your way around. And so I know that Romans 2 teaches a principle. There are 2 billion people in the world that don't know Jesus. 2 with the two billion with the B. Never heard the gospel, never been around it, and didn't know anything about the Bible in terms of its content message. They were kind of like me. Think about this. I was in a city with churches all around but didn't go to church. You right now are in a generation that's extremely biblically illiterate. They're not going to Sunday school. They don't have any basis for a lot of things. So um, I started thinking. I said, you know, the Bible teaches this principle. Buckle up and we'll give you a little theology lesson. Take you to Bible college. You ready? Here you go. You'll be smart people now. Here we go. A little doctrine. When you... Ask the question, how does God judge people who don't have a Bible? The two billion people don't have the Bible. Don't go to church. Don't have any knowledge about, what we, you know, about God the way we do. And I, I, it says that God judges them by their conscience. And it says their conscience either accuses or excuses them. He says those without the law will be judged without the law. Can I borrow your Bible, please? Those with the law or with the Bible will be judged by what? By the Bible, because they know, they, by the law. Those who, who, who don't know will be judged based on what they do know. And those who do know will be judged by what they what? They know. And so I, I, I thought, now here's a girl who didn't know. But then the, it goes on in the text and says this. There are those without a Bible who live as though they have a Bible. And there are those who have a Bible who live as if they what? Don't have a Bible. And there's, there's two theological terms you learn, okay, that, 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 that help you understand this. There's two revelations, okay? So everybody say general revelation and special revelation. Guess which one the Bible is? Special revelation. To whom much is given is much required. She didn't have any knowledge of the Bible. Not really. She wasn't a functioning Christian in any way. And 
On the other hand, her life, though, was like she was living a Christian life. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The girl was looking for God. My cousin was almost serving God. She wasn't there yet, but the tide was rising. Think about this for a minute. She was a few months from coming to Christ. The girl saw her life and went to Christ before she got to Christ. Hang with me now. Are you with me? You know there are people who look like they are demons close to hell, but God is already moving in their life. God's doing something, and you can't see it. It's kind of like this. Here, go to sermon. You ready? It's like a wind's blowing in them that you can't see. So I took my cousins to John chapter 3, verse 8. Oh, it all came alive. I said, oh, I know what happened to you, Gwen. I know exactly what happened to you. It's like Nicodemus. Here's what happened. Verse 8. It says, the wind, John 3, verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is, read it with me, please, come on. So is everyone who is what? Born of the Spirit. Think back to the time you came to Christ. You might have been partying the night before. You might have been in the club. You might have had reef in one hand and a whiskey in the other. But you're thinking about Jesus. You're thinking about your life and where you're going. You put the, before you know it, your mind has left the club. And your heart has left the building. And you're thinking. And some of you right now, you home and you high as a kite, but you're hearing me. Because something is blowing into your life and it's strong. And you can't tell where it came from. You don't know when it started and you don't even know where it's taking you. But something has got under you. Something is moving in your life. Something is stirring your mind. Something is making you change. And what's amazing is you can't even tell it. My cousin couldn't tell it. You couldn't tell this girl you are a year away from a change of religion. You are a year away from a new walk with God. You are a few months away, and you can't. But this young white girl of all colors, hallelujah, isn't that great? God said, I'm going to save you. I'm going to touch you through somebody that you need to be touched by. In that moment, God used that young girl to speak to her. Something is happening in you. That you can't even see. A wind is blowing in your life that you can't even see. And the first story that illustrates this is in John chapter 3, verse 1. A guy named Nicodemus. There was a man of the Pharisees, chapter 3, verse 1, named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God's with him. Something's blowing in your life. I don't know what this is, but there's got to be a move of God. I can't explain it. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said, Most surely I say to you, unless you, one is born again, changed, you can't see. If you're not changed, you can't see. One more time. If you're not changed, you can't what? You can't see. See, you can't see. You are, you are a leader, but you can't see. You can't see the kingdom. You can't see. The word kingdom means rulership. You can't see the rulership of God. You don't know how God rules. 
But he goes on to say this. He said, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, cannot enter the kingdom of God. And, and, and all he's doing is painting a picture. The wind of the spirit is like a new birth experience. The wind of the spirit is like a washing and birthing moment. And he has all these images he's painting for Nicodemus. In other words, God, listen, it's about change. It's about change. Then he goes on in verse 6 and says this, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. A natural birth we all get. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We understand natural birth. But that which is born of the spirit is different. It's a spiritual thing. It's not visible with the eye. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Then he says these words, the wind blows where it wishes. And sometimes all you hear is the what? Sound of it. Sound of it. You're starting to sound different. There's a different wind in your life, different desire, passion. You can't tell where it started. You don't know when these thoughts start happening to you, when you start watching streaming, when you started wanting to read the Bible. We don't, you don't know, was it Wednesday, was it Monday, was it Thursday, was it last year? But somewhere between here and there, there's a change coming in your life. And this wind, when it comes into your life, everyone is impacted by it, and you're not the same. Now, that, my friend, touched me, and I thought for the first time, so that's how you work, God. You blow into people's lives. So I like the title. Repeat this with me, please. Say, when the wind blows. When the wind blows in your life, things change. And if the wind's not blowing, you don't change. Sometimes it takes a tragedy. Sometimes it takes a heartbreak. Sometimes it takes a season of loneliness. Sometimes you don't know when and how. I don't know what made me start feeling those spiritual moments in my life. I don't know what happened. All I do know is on that stoop, the wind blew me in that church. All I know is that three women were home and the wind moved on those ladies and said, you need to go to have Bible study today, prayer meeting. There's a young skinny boy named Ricky Temple that's going to come in at the future Pastor Rick. I'm going to blow him in, I'm going to blow you in, and we're going to get him saved today. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. Come on, the wind. The wind blows, and it, it shifts, and sometimes you want to fight the wind. I could have fought the wind that day. I could have said, I'm not letting you pray for me. But in that decision, listening to the wind of the Spirit can change your life. You're trying to study your way in. You're trying to preach your way in, you're trying to work your way in. It's not like that. The Spirit comes on you, touches you, pushes you. Stop talking. Be quiet. Go to church. It's pushing you. It made you watch the streaming today. The wind blew you to the computer. Blew you to your television set. Blew you on demand. You rolling around the internet and there I go, bam, in your business. There I am. The wind blew you here. It's, it's how he works, and you can't always define it. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, I want to show you a guy this happened to. Nothing like a live story. His name was Zacchaeus, Luke chapter 19. 
tells the story. The wind blew into the heart of a man who many people didn't like. And it was amazing for people. And he's the kind of guy, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody, you just hope something bad happened to them. They just absolutely are the worst kind of people you ever seen. Now, I know that's hard to say in church, but you know what I'm saying. They're people, you, you, Christians lie sometimes. And, and why, I, I'm going to ask you a question. How, how many of you have, have people you are tempted, so I got to say it right, tempted not to like? Five people raise your hand and tell the truth. Come on. I didn't say you didn't like them. <laughs> I said you are tempted. You don't do it necessarily, but let's try this one more time so we can give God an honest count. You ready? You are tempted to not like them. There you go. That's a better count. Zacchaeus was that guy. He, bought, he's, he's, he was the local IRS agent. The local, and in that day, there's a little bit of entrepreneurship in that. You kind of got your territory, and you collected your taxes, and you can get your little slice off the top. And so you know how people are. They get a little slice, and they say, now, I know I don't owe that much this year, but you're paying that much today. And if you didn't pay it, they took you to jail. So, you know, these are the kind of people you just would hate, tax collectors. Well, watch what happens. The Bible said in verse uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Now, let's listen now. He was the chief tax collector. Now, he was the chief, but he was rich. Now, what's interesting, verse 3 says, he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short. So here's the guy, I always love this part. He's short, rich, and in charge. Come on, say short, rich, and in charge. This is a guy, he's short, rich, and in charge, and this is a guy who, who when he talked to his staff, he had to have a meeting like this. Look here, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all something. I ain't playing with you. I ain't playing with you, okay? You hear what I'm telling you? Look at my face. Look down here. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is a guy. He's short, rich, and in charge. And this, this is Zacchaeus guy. He, but, but watch what's happening. When you see this story, something's blowing on this guy. The wind is blowing on this guy, and it's blowing in his life, and Zacchaeus is doing something that's amazing. You're, if you're watching Zacchaeus, he's running past people. And, you know, you, you know, this short guy running, where are you going? He running and he's trying to get to see Jesus. He heard Jesus was coming. Now, why would a rich man who's got everything care? Sometimes you see people, you judge them, and you don't know. You don't know what the wind's saying to them. You don't know what God is saying to them. Some of you, your children, you don't know what your children are thinking. You don't know what they're thinking. God's dealing with them, pushing them. The wind's blowing. My mother never knew. My mother never knew. None of what I'm telling you did I ever even share with her. The wind came into my life and touched me, and it was just between God and I. Here's this short guy ripping and running, trying to get to the crowd, sought to see Jesus, but he couldn't. So in verse 3, the Bible says, so he ran, verse 4, ahead of the crowd, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Think about that. This is a guy who was so determined to see Jesus that he was willing to go to all this effort. Would you do that? 
Would you, would you strain? This is a guy you would think was viewed as the, the greatest sinner, but this was the guy God was dealing with. That's why you need to leave people alone. Let the wind do it. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, not me. John said that. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a handle on it. That's why when I sit with people, I don't always witness to them. Some of you just get on people's nerve with all that. They just want to sit on the plane. You, you just, I told y'all a story about how the guy was trying to witness to me on the plane, telling me I need, do I know Jesus? So I'm going to fix you today. I'm going to help you know G, do I know Jesus. I said, why I need to know Jesus? He said, because he can save you. From what? Am I lost? He says, everybody, all have sinned and come short. You still sin? He said, yeah. I said, why are you talking to me then? If you still sin. <laughs> 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 Bugging me. I'm trying to sit on the plane. Leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not, shouldn't you witness? Let your light so shine before men that they what? May see your what? Good works and do what? Glorify your father. That's why I don't let y'all go knock on doors anymore. I used to send members out to knock on doors. I stopped doing that. You know, I see you, you know, you, you know how you give see people come to your door? Who's that? <laughs> and then you have to almost lie. Hi, I'm in the neighborhood. No, you're not. You came over here to talk to me. You came over here to bother me. You came over here to talk to me and ask me am I right with God. Then you want to come to my house and you want to have Bible studies with me and come every week. And then you want me to come join your church and give you 10% and then give you an offering. And then you want to be a member forever and take all my kids. I mean, look, 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 here's the deal. Let your light shine and let the wind blow. Come on, say amen. amen. The greatest number of people who come to Jesus come to Jesus through relationships. The Holy Spirit does the hard work. You just need to be a nice person. The wind is blowing. God is touching Zacchaeus and nobody is saying anything to him. One more time, be clear. I'm not against evangelism. I'm not against winning souls. I win a lot of souls. I'll put my soul winning outside this building against yours any day. I am a gunslinging, soul winning, praying man. I go after people. I do. I'm not ashamed. I just don't bug people. Come on, say man. Something just bug people. Every time they see you, you got a Bible and a message. And they just see that, hey, he he come again. Always got something to prophesy. And you jerk and scare everybody. Stop all that. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to stop all that. Stop. I ain't got no time. Y'all get, y'all get me off. I got to focus. I got to focus. Zacchaeus, God's got him running. The wind's got him climbing a tree. And here's what happened, verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, this is if you're with me now. You're in Luke chapter 19, right? Verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to Zacchaeus, Make haste, come down for the day. I must stay where? At your house. And everybody's jaws dropped. You go in his house and you know who he is? Yeah, the wind's blowing on him. And you can't tell it. This man's climbed up a tree. This man could be somewhere spending his money, but he's trying to find me. He's not trying to do any. He wants God. And what's interesting is I love, I love the way Zacchaeus responds in verse 8. This is amazing. This is my cousin. Verse 8 is my cousin. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I, have, I, I, I give half of my, my, my paycheck to the poor. Do me a favor. Ask your neighbor. Say, do you do that? You do that? Do you give? They ask them. They, they do what they tell you. They, do they give half? 
Half. I said 50%. Some of you say, oh, no, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. I can tell you now. I have to, I, no, I have to ask me that. Then he said, if, if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. So if I t- steal 1000 from you, I give you 4000 Do you do, you do that? But if you saw this short tax collector, you judge him. Have an opinion. Say you know. And you don't know. The wind blows where it wants to blow. God touches who he wants to touch. He don't need me condemning people and judging folks. Let God do that. Come on, say amen. <clears throat> come on, come on, come on, say amen. You're going to get much further with your family members and the people you work with, and the people you live around, if you just be a nice person. And then, just like my cousin, she was winning people to Jesus before she came to Jesus. When people come to Jesus, they'll see him in your life. They'll see a tide rising in you that maybe you can't see. You don't have to say one word, just treat people right. You don't have to say one word, just live right. Come on, say amen. Let things go. Don't hold grudges. Don't be childish. Don't be a baby on your job. Learn how to take correction. Learn how to stand up and be strong. You'd be surprised what can happen in your life. You might even win your husband. You might win your auntie. You might win your cousins if your attitude changes. Come on, say amen if you hear me. I was so touched by her testimony. 1.30 in the morning, I had to get up and preach the next morning. I was out of time. I said, girl, I got to go to sleep. I said, but I got to pray. Play some music. I got to get out of here. I I just, I thought, oh, my God, I've been knowing all my life. God was dealing with her a long time. When I was a little boy, she used to drive from here to Brunswick. That's about, what, about an hour almost? To pick me up, to drive me to Hilton Head. She said, Laura, I'll come get him. I don't mind. I'll get him. Rick, I'm come get you. Take you with me today. There's more to that story I can tell you. She's going blind. So she went and joined the blind uh, group, agency, whatever it is. So she'll learn how to manage being blind. And all the blind people say, well, when you got the best out of all of us, you lead us. So she's leading the group because she can see better than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about attitude. No, she don't. Shh, don't tell nobody this. Say, Rick, I'm going to business. Okay, you're going blind. You're going into business. She said, I'm, oh, I'm a house for the blind. She's an entrepreneur, so I'm going to start a house for the blind, so I have a place to help people like me. Talk about a good attitude. I listened to my cousin who lives in Compton, and I said, Jesus, the wind blowing on her in ways I never thought. When did it start? She was Muslim. See, it can start at any time in your life. It can start any place in your life. Is the wind blowing on you today? Is the wind touching you right now? 
you got, you got questions about the Bible. You got questions about God, but that's not important. We'll figure that out down the road, but the wind is blowing on you right now. And you need something. You don't need somebody with a whole lot of answers. You know you need something. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you feel God's presence on your life, you feel, you feel it. Can't define it, can't explain it. But you feel it. That's you. That's you. I want you to pray with me. I want to offer you to pray with me today. You're going to let the wind change your life. This is your day to change. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want me to pray for you because you feel the wind blowing in your life. Can't explain it. Don't know when it started. Don't know where it's going. You don't know where you're going to end up. But you feel it. God pulling on you. Come here. Let me help you out. You're me at the back door of that church walking out. And the Holy Spirit is saying, come on back in here. Let me pray for you. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. Anybody? I see one, two, three, four. Anybody else? Do I see you? Five. Where I see you? Six, seven, eight. I see you. Anybody else? Nine. I see more. Thank you. And some of you are home watching. Some of you are on demand and the wind is blowing in your life. You may not be a religious person like I wasn't. You may be a good person. We were God-fearing people, but we didn't know the wind. The wind can blow in your life. It'll make you run to church. It'll make you run to climb a tree. It'll make you seek more knowledge. Oh, God, hallelujah. I lift up everybody in this room and everyone watching. Everyone, every hand lifted, please. Father, we lift our hands to you, and we surrender to the wind of the Spirit, your forgiveness. We invite Jesus to come into our life. We surrender our mind and our heart to you. We ask you, oh God, to change us. We ask you, oh God, to let your spirit happen in us. Let your spirit change us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.